you know, you, YouTube numbers would have told me, oh, these people forgot about me. But then I went on, I went on tour and I was like, whoa, th this is a real connection over. People will say, I've watched you from the beginning. And then, and then for them to come out to my shows, come on. I mean, how many years later I started going on tour and then to think, how can I have these sold out shows? It's because that connection was so real. They did not forget even through those valleys or those times of not posting, um, not being able to post, you know? Um, so, so I will assure you, don't give up everything for your online persona because it's your real life persona that they're connecting with. So don't neglect that. You're listening to the Branding Gems podcast, a podcast that is not just interviews and conversations, it's to bring you guys the best of the best women in branding and business to answer this question. What are your top three valuable tips and lessons that you learned along the way? And then we discuss it. To feel your passion-filled lifestyle business, I promise to bring you the best of the best women in branding and business and together, we can grow and learn from the extracted advice that they provide. I'm Peggy Bree, and let's get growing. Hi, welcome back to this episode, or to this podcast, really. I have some personal updates and some general things to go over before we get into this episode. The personal update is I am moving to Colombia, like I mentioned, but I'm actually starting to pack my bags, which is so wild. Um, and I'm just excited to be moving. Literally, I'll be moving and things are moving along. So this is so fun. And if you want to follow along my digital nomad, journey and faith and branding stuff feel free to follow me on instagram and talk to me there i would love to connect with you for any digital nomaders or people who love branding or people who love faith chat with me i will be there and one more note i wanted to also introduce this podcast episode again or any podcast series again. So Branding Gems is, is really like an online documentation of unique women around this digital and online world and just sharing their their experience and sharing their tips and, and just really documenting their unique perspective on branding and business. And that's something that is such a passion of mine. So I would love if you can grow this with me. Let me know who you want to bring on this podcast. Let me know if you want to be on this podcast and just reach out to me on Instagram. Talk to me. Tell me all the things. Tell me what you want for this podcast and grow this with me. So I would chat with you there. And without further ado, I'm so excited for this episode and this guest. Oh my gosh, I'm legit honored. Like the, how we met was kind of random and so genuine and so organic, but it was just the coolest. And I'm just excited to have this guest. So stay tuned. Hi, welcome back to another episode of Branding Gems. I am super excited to introduce the next guest with everyone. She is awesome. Today we have Christine Gambito, also known by her screen name, Happy Slip, is a Filipino-American comedian whose videos have been viewed over 100 million times across the web. As a pioneer on YouTube in 2006, she was the first personality to create a one-woman show and act as multiple characters in her sketches. In 2019, she took her stand-up comedy on tour to sold out crowds across the U.S. Welcome, Christine. Thank you so much for having me, Peggy. Oh, I'm super excited, and I just wanted to say thank you for coming on board and for accepting my invite on Clubhouse. That was so cool. <laughs> <laughs> sure thing. Yes, um, and it was, yeah, Clubhouse is very interesting. Like, I, I forget that you can meet such amazing people, and it was so cool to just say hi to you and then just to ask a question and, and you being so genuine and awesome. So I really appreciate that. 
and that was the first time I had jumped on Clubhouse. So it was like, like you said, a whole new world. And I was shocked about how quickly you can connect, like you said, with, with people. You just otherwise wouldn't probably have that sort of intimate conversation. You know, just yeah. be able to share that quickly. It's like, whoa, this was <laughs> this is a new world here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. So interesting. Um, but let's dive right in. What are your top three tips on branding and business? And let's start with number one. Sure. So what I feel when when people are asking me about, you know, how do I develop my brand or what what should I do? Um, I always return to first, you have to define what it is you're going to do. I find that a lot of people and even I um, would sometimes still be like, should I be doing that? You know, you can get, you can get tempted by watching what other people are doing and say, maybe I should be doing that too, or maybe I should do. And, and there's just such a plethora uh, and option, you know, of options out there that you can choose to do, but just because you can do something doesn't mean you should be doing it. So what I try to help people know, if they ask me for any advice, I just say, you know, uh, what helped me out to realize and to hone in on exactly what I should be doing, because when I was 13, I knew I wanted to act, but it still wasn't specific enough. Um, and when I tried to do the mainstream acting thing in New York, it was like I still didn't have any guidance. Nobody. I was just trying to, you know, going along with the flow with every other actor in New York and not really realizing my specific calling or my specific gift. So I would think the first step in branding and, you know, first of all, is you, you got to figure out what is going to be your main thing, your main activity. So I feel the, those things, I find the three A's help me. And so I heard this from a pastor before. And so pretty much it boils down to the first A is ability. What are you naturally good at? And so it's not that, oh, I can do this. I can do that. No, what are you, what just flows naturally out of you? What's an activity you're naturally good at? And then affinity is the next A. So ability, affinity. And so affinity is what do you enjoy doing? Again, just because you can do something, you got to ask yourself, do I really enjoy this? Would I be doing this if I was paid or not? You know, um, and then the third A is affirmation. What do your family and friends affirm in you. So, I mean, I remember at one point before the whole Happy Slip channel started and and all this, I saw my friends start up a website and they were making money um, on Google ads. Just, you know, at that time they were just a startup and it was just a content website. They were earning uh, $2,000 a month at it and on Google ads. And I remember going, I want a website to, you know, I had already had my first our first son. And I was like, I, I, I want to stay home and be able to work on a website and, and, and just have a, you know, have it be a content website and earn like that. So I, again, it's, it's an illustration of the temptation to just do what other people are doing. And so I, without consulting with, these are my childhood friends, one, one childhood friend and my cousin, and I didn't, I didn't consult with them. And I went out and launched on my own. And I did this silly website called uh, successful website, businesses.com. And uh, what I was going to do is gather stories from different moms or stay at home moms or whatever. And, um, you know, try to try to report on what it is that they did and p- aggregate kind of bring it all in one place so that other people could read their stories. And so, yeah, I did that, but it it wasn't, I wasn't, I mean, the templates back then were horrible. So it was an ugly website, first of all, and I slapped Google ads all over it. And then my cousin and my my childhood friend were laughing at me and they were like, what are you doing? When I finally told them about it and they said, that is not you. Like, why, why aren't you doing your comedy? You know, you, why why aren't you sharing your stories that you naturally share in conversations with different people? And why don't you let that be your content? Now, I didn't know that was, you know, 2006. So I didn't know what they meant by share it on the Internet, because I had been doing 30 minute sitcoms for the family. I would do it, obviously, for you just naturally do it. So I, it didn't really occurred to me that that could eventually be a business endeavor. Um, and so they were like, you're, in other words, I was, I was acting in not a natural capacity for me. I was just doing what I thought, oh, this will be a good business thing, but it's not, 
my natural energy. It's I wasn't really enjoying it. And so they affirmed in me something that I didn't really see about myself. I, I thought I would do acting somehow, but I didn't know that it should specifically be comedy and specifically be sharing my unique stories. So mm-hmm. when when they kind of told me, well, you know, you make sitcoms for the family. So figure out how to do that, you know, on the Internet. And I'm like, but mm-hmm. how? And my cousin was just like, I don't know, figure it out. You know, so I took yeah. the th- I took like the 30 the minute sitcoms I used to make for our family, like Christmas parties. And I, I just kind of shrunk it into a three to four minute type of, um, you know, occurring episodes or my own little show on YouTube. And that's how that came to be. But it took many years to just kind of hone in and go, oh, so you mean, you mean I should focus in on comedy and you need your honest friends and family to affirm in you. So, so that's the first step is the three, um, A's ability, affinity, and affirmation. I'm sorry Mm -hmm. if I'm droning on too long here, but, um, that's the the first step. And then second Mm -hmm. is just how to do it. Um, if, you know, if you're in one of those lucky positions that you just have unlimited money and resources and time, and you can just launch into whatever you love doing, that's awesome. That's great. But for the rest of us that (laughs) don't have, did not have that luxury, you know, and my mom did, I mean, I kind of use it as a, as a funny reflection moment, just how I, I knew I wanted to do acting. And my mom's like, well, what, you, what's going to be your backup? You know, what's, what, what will be your, you know, acting is yeah. not stable. What, what will be your backup? So, you know, while I, I bring that up, it's such a true moment, um, especially between, you know, immigrant parents and their kids. It's like, look, you, you're not going to be going into art now. You're not going to be doing something because they want to know that your future is secure and that you're doing something. And I'm not by no means telling people that they have to take the same route mm-hmm. that I did. I'm yeah. just letting them know that ultimately I knew my passion was to do something in the acting world. And so... Mm-hmm. As a result, um, I knew I had to do I had to do what it would take in order to do what I love. So mm-hmm. um, for me, because I'm a people person and then this people will laugh, especially if they're Filipino, because they'll say, oh, so you went into nursing, <laughs> which I did. But with a mm-hmm. twist, guys, <laughs> with a twist, I mm-hmm. um, was hesitant because I thought, no, I don't want this to suck up my whole life and I won't be able to do what I love to do. Mm-hmm. So I remember a pivotal moment was talking to um, one of my aunties who's, who was a nurse at that time or still is a nurse too. And, but I said to her, you know, Auntie Salva, I, I, you know, everyone keeps telling me to do nursing, but you know, you know me, I, I, I want to do acting and you, you see what I love to do, but you know, for, for a backup skill or for something to earn money to put food on the table, should I, what do you think? Should I, should I do nursing? I need a, I need a flexible schedule. I need a flexible career or, you know, um, um, not, not, not a career, but I, I didn't approach it as a career, but just a backup skill. Right. And she said, of course. Yeah. And she said, of course. I mean, why do you think I'm doing nursing? I can just work one day a month if I want to, and I can just travel and do this and do that. And then she sold me right there. I was like, Oh heck yeah, that's right. Because I'm a people person. I want the flexible schedule. If I just want to work one day a month, that spoke out to me. And I was like, Mm -hmm. you know, but I, so I didn't take it to the career nursing level. I only stopped at LPN and I joke with people mm-hmm. saying that LPN means low paid nurse, little, little <laughs> Filipino nurse, you know? <laughs> and, um, mm-hmm. and I, so while I love the dynamics of the fact that I'm a people person, I think everyone can benefit from some basic nursing knowledge. But then again, you know, for those mm-hmm. that are, that are thinking, Oh, you sold out, you, you went another way and you didn't go for your dreams. No, 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 no. This was showing mm-hmm. my dedication towards like, I'm going to do what it takes to have, mm-hmm. a, you know, be able to feed myself and then, mm-hmm. you know, um, pursue, because the thing I didn't want to do is end up kind of being so desperate to accept any acting role to put food on the yeah. table. You know, I didn't want to be in that kind of position where I was just, um, I, I want to be able to pick and choose the pro- uh, the projects that I'm in or, or I didn't want to depend on my art that I love so much to feed me in the beginning. It's like, well, then, I, you know, I want to be able to do it the way I want to do it. So with a flexible schedule. So that second step is just do what it takes to do what you love to do. Um, 
it, it doesn't mean, you know, I'm telling everybody to go nursing. It's just saying, you know, um, that after you, you determine what it is you love to do now, what is the route that will provide for me to do it and do it well? Um, and, and then the third um, step is just how to promote. You know, once you know your brand, um, you know exactly what it is that you're naturally good at. Um, and then you, you, you're now in the active, you know, you're in the activity of actually executing that. Um, and, I, and then I just tell people, you know, so obviously we're in a, a great era of social media. And like you said, like these different apps like Clubhouse and different ways to connect with people and to be able to collaborate with people. So collaboration is a big thing on being able to promote this activity that you love to do. So for me, um, people are like, well, you know, how, how can we break into the mainstream? And I really don't even, con I don't concern myself with the mainstream because for me, it was too stifling. It was like, here's a director and their box. And how can you fit in that box and in that idea? And I'm just like, you know what? Everything that I do is outside of that box. Everything I do is so unique to me. And we're living in an era where you can you can determine exactly what your path is that is going to be completely unique to anybody else's. So I feel like um, the advice or counsel that would go out to someone who's just starting now is vastly different than when I started. And it's like, wow, you have, you literally have the world at your fingertips. You literally can carve out your ideal audience because you are your brand. And so, so, so when we're talking about branding, you know, I, and I still will remind myself, you know, you are your, your niche. It's not just like, I have to be doing only this activity. Like I used to stress out about, oh, I can't do anything serious on this channel uh, because it's a comedy channel, you know? And then I remember a friend telling me, cause I wanted to, I wanted to play a song that had been in my head. I'm not a natural songwriter, but this particular song was on my mind and my heart. And I, um, you know, it was in honor of someone who had passed away. And it was so, you know, that's serious subject matter. I'm like, you know, typically people go to the Happy Slip channel for for comedy. And I asked a friend, I was like, what do you think? Is this weird that I I really feel called to to put this um, serious song up? And he goes, it's your channel, right? Can't you do what you want to do? And I was like, oh, epiphany, actually. And, and this goes along those um, thought lines of, you do what is unique to you. Don't don't be pegged into it needs to be this activity and this activity only because you, at the end of the day, you are your brand. So you let yourself be fully you and all its facets, and that will begin to carve out your ideal audience. Your don't don't feel fearful. In fact, that was something that I I never really did vlogs on my uh, channel. I did one that was really uncomfortable in 2006 because there weren't many vloggers out there. And I felt very like, uh, should I be even sharing this? I mean, I'm just talking to the camera. It's not a skit. It's not a this. And so it was very awkward. Uh, but had I known what I know now, I would have been like, you know what, just share, just share and just vlog and just do whatever. And I felt like I have to put these on another channel because I, I, you know, so it was a lot of the, that guessing around. And so I wish someone would have shared that with me is that, you know, you can have a different playlist and put, um, uh, you know, you can define the different activities you do. Um, but don't be afraid to just be com completely you and not to carbon copy, try to feel like I got to be exactly like this other personality on YouTube. Um, that's what's going to attract people to you is you being um, individually you and not afraid to to show those um, facets of your life. So, um, yeah, those are my three. What to do how to do it, you know, or doing what it takes to do what you love. And then finally, how to promote and to know that you are your niche. And, um, you know, many, many have to start small when you're like me just doing a one woman show and I'm still a one woman show, <laughs> but, you know, um, but even if you have to start small and you, you are naturally fueled to do what you love to do and collaborate with other people, you will find that, um, You'll, you'll begin to grow. You'll begin to grow. And don't judge based on numbers of followers, but the quality of those followers. So the quality of the interaction is what I'm saying. So if you, so what, if you have 
you know, a million followers, but they barely comment on your stuff or they're not, you know, they're just not really engaged with you. Um, um, so, so I've had to migrate from different platform, uh, different platform to platform over the years, just because sometimes algorithms will favor, um, showing your content if you're very consistent. And I wasn't with, with three more kids added to the mix. So total four kids through the years, um, you know, YouTube wasn't necessarily even exposing my videos to the subscribers. It, it was hard to keep that kind of, um, uh, what, what it con consistency up or just so the algorithm would, sh would, would show me. So, but it's okay because, you know, you got to also live your life. So I ended up, um, trying, yeah, trying different platforms and eventually you notice, you know, so at one time Facebook was, was the best, uh, route for me to connect with these people. Um, and then now, now Instagram seems best for me. Or TikTok, you know, so it's like you just do use these different tools. At the end of the day, you are your niche. And um, what I love the absolute most is connecting face to face. And I'm going to tell you right now that uh, having the live shows and meeting people face to face is so different than what you imagine in your mind. Those numbers to mean um, mm -hmm. those numbers on wow. social media. Oh my gosh. Like I, I would have thought, Oh, you know, because YouTube algorithm and, and this and that, I, I was buried. I was like a, like a mm -hmm. needle in a haystack feeling like I can't even connect with my own audience anymore. And because, because they don't see my videos, they don't see my new videos and they'll be like, Oh, we thought you, you know, you weren't posting, even though I put new videos. Um, mm -hmm. so when I met these, these people on tour, I'm thinking, wow, this, the quality of the interactions tells a very mm -hmm. different story than what, than the numbers you see online. So don't let that fool you. Don't let that um, detract from what you love to do. Um, just keep plugging away at, at those things, you know, what you're naturally good mm -hmm. at, what you enjoy doing and what people affirm in you. And so, um, yeah, I hope that, mm -hmm. that, I hope I, those are my three. <laughs> so good. No, they're so good. I love that you really talked about doing what is unique to you because that's so important. And I think what was so golden about what you said is that you can carve out that audience and that even if there's no box that you can be in, you can find and create that box because it pertains to your brand and your business. So I, that was so golden I love that and actually like a question that I have in terms of quality of interaction with your brand's audience and um your audience I guess like I know that you mentioned to really hone into that quality and 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 really talk to them in that way like like what are ways to really build that quality to your audience so that you can have that quality relationship with them like especially for like this weird online world that we are like in Right. I think what, um, and this was so shocking to me, like I said, when I went on live tour and I got to face to face interact with people, they would tell me, you know, you, you said something to the effect of, well, I thought the audience forgot about me. And, and then the, they would say to me with tears in their eyes, they'd say, I, you were part of my childhood growing up and I saw in you, I saw my own family. I saw my own stories. And so that's what made them relate so well to me. So to answer your question, you know, relate to that, which is so human and don't let the, your activity or whatever it is, let it always circle back to something that is re relatable on a personal level. So be, just because, and unbeknownst to me, I was just sharing moments straight out of my life. Like a lot of those comedy skits and all these are just straight out conversations or situations that come out of my childhood. And so as people would see it, they would say, oh, wow, that's my auntie. That's my mom. That's how I grew up. Oh, they said the same things to me. So then meeting them in person, they, they, they would let me know. And I, I just didn't realize that, oh, so they feel so bonded to me or connected to me because we share the same stories. And my, and my sister, who is a writer, she had a very key point for me because you know, another, another trap that people fall into is I want to appeal to everybody. And so 
they'll try to make content that just kind of appeals to everybody. But she said, the thing is, when you do that, and um, her experience as a writer was so helpful, she said, you're in fact speaking to nobody, because people are like, who, who is your audience? Like, who is your audience? And who are you talking to? But when you when you tell your own story into a particular, you know, you think that it's oh, who's going to really relate to this because you think it's only your experience. I mean, that's why a lot of people will say, oh, I thought it was just me that went through that. And so she said, yeah. So she said, don't be afraid to um, just tell your unique story, because in that you're actually speaking a universal story, because how many people that not not even Filipino uh, but children of immigrant uh, parents um, having that same culture clash, even though it's a different language or a different accent, it's the same kind of experience. So, um, and I've changed, you know, when, when, if people are just after, let me just build a big audience and, you know, across, I mean, it, it, I, I guess, you know, you might have some, some type of comedy that could appeal to any ethnicity, but what I'm saying what I've noticed in, in over, it's coming up on 15 years of doing this stuff online. It's like when I would hone in and, and, uh, and I was afraid at first to start the, the Filipino videos online. Cause I thought, Oh, who's going to relate to them? Who's, who's going to really know what I'm doing here. Um, and then I realized my sister's advice was true. I, I honed in exactly on, this is our life. This is our story. I don't see anything online that at that point in time, I didn't see anything like that online. And so it was very kind of scary, uh, you know, making that kind of content because at the same time, I didn't want anyone to think that it was like, what is she doing? Like if they misread what I was doing, you know, or my, my, my family would request for me to do these imitations and do these skits and do, you know, a reflection, a fun loving uh, reflection of themselves so it wasn't in any way doing something out of ill will or, you know, like, oh, let's um, at, at their they don't you know, if they didn't appreciate it. And here I am still doing it. No, no, no. Um, I didn't want people to misread it. So what I'm saying is there was a lot of it wasn't very clear for me when I first started because I didn't see anything like it before me. So. Um, so, yeah. So. So, again, that was a long answer to your question. But as far as people being able to get the quality of connection is like be, you know, be so personable in your own stories. Don't be afraid to share those because those that have had the same experience um, will relate to you and they'll feel all the much more bonded to you, much more than you realize. So the comments may not reflect it or they may not say it. Um, mm -hmm. You have people out there that won't even comment on things, but then they're so blessed by what you do. And then you don't know until you meet them face to face. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's so, that's awesome. That's interesting, especially like because of how people interact people to people these days, it's either through video or even through Instagram lives and all these tools. So it's, it's just really about like people to people and having that human face to it to connect so that people can see it to be relatable and, and um, they can relate to you. So I love that. I was just very curious about like, especially like when some, if, like, especially for you who has been online for like so long, like, what is that like with having such a, a longevity in this online world and, and to balance it with like real life? Like, what is that? Like, what has that been like? Yeah, so that's a, a curious thing because I started not like a lot of the YouTubers of that time. Um, I was old, you know, uh, older in life as far as, you know, married and already had one son. And my husband at the time with the, that creation of that YouTube channel back in 2006 was very leery of me showing anything of my personal life. So I didn't define, I didn't share those facets of my life because he was very private about it. He was like, don't mention us, don't show us, don't, you know what I mean? And so, you know, lessons learned from that as far as because pe the, the audience defined me as they saw me. So they thought I was some sort of college girl or they thought I was Kev Jumba's age and that, me, you mm -hmm. know, Kev Jumba and I were a couple or they would do, yeah, they would put... <laughs> <laughs> they they would assign to me however they saw me and so yeah. um so when you say how did how did I you know kind of deal with balancing internet life with 
personal life. Well, I'll say it. That's tricky because it's not like I've been so consistent through the years. But what's amazing is after 14 years, you know, to connect and say, wow, these people are still connected. Um, yeah, time can go by. And that's the thing is I didn't want to sacrifice family life or continuing to grow the family because, oh, no, man, I got to keep these videos going. You know, I got to have weekly videos. I got to have this. I got to have that. Mm-hmm. And I would be sacrificing that part of me that really wanted to grow my family. So mm-hmm. um, it has been a lot of ebbs and flows and valleys and peaks. And um, it's not been easy as far as, you know, seeing every, everyone else that I started with, like the YouTube OGs, like they, they would keep going and plugging away. And I realized I was at a crossroads. I could not plug away they w- the way they were doing. I could not have that type of consistency. Um, but they were in a different phase of life. And some people just have different choices. Like they didn't want to, you know, um, necessarily, some of them are still not settled down or some of them, you know, which is fine. That's their own choice. But for me, I couldn't just be like, I need to be like them. And then later on down the road, be like, okay, what did I do? Um, I, you know, you know what I'm saying? So balancing for me is, is, and I will tell people, look, if you think you're just going to have this internet career that never ebbs and, you know, just kind of has valleys and where you have slow times, that is the cost of living life. (laughs) Because if you want to just have an internet life and that's it, um, I think you'll in the end start to lose relatability with even that the audience because it's light, it's actual real life moments that translate that you're retelling those real life moments onto the internet and that's what makes you connect with them. But if you have no connection anymore to real life, to me, that, that that's how I see it for myself. Like I can't sacrifice real life and then, you know, for the sake of, uh, oh, you know, popularity or fame or keep keep this engine going with. But then, you know, I don't I, like I said, at the end, what, what am I going to relate to them with? I haven't I haven't actually lived <laughs> lived my life. So, so. So, yeah, it's been hard, definitely, because I would feel sort of left out like, oh, man, I, I can't keep up with them. But then I but then I would remind myself why I was making these choices, why I would have to retreat from the the quote mainstream of um, what was being seen on on the Internet. So that became the new mainstream where I had to retreat from, you know. So it's yeah. And I know it's going to be continuing to be like that, uh, constantly trying to find that work life balance, constantly working on my schedule. That is a daily thing. Let me tell you, I I, I don't know if I'll ever feel um, that. I mean, because because once I invest a lot of time in a project or a video or this. And then I feel like I feel mom guilt, like, oh, my gosh, <laughs> I have to go mm-hmm. and do that. Yeah. So what I'm saying is there's a constant tug and pull and, and refining the schedule. So if I ever get yeah. to that point where I'm like, I figured it out, I feel great with my work life balance. Let me let you mm-hmm. know. Shoot, I'll write a book yeah. on that. <laughs> I love that. And I love that you mentioned that it really is to each everyone's own. And when and as like time goes, like, like, you know, there's different phases to everyone's life and seasons change. And it, it doesn't mean that, um, like, it, like, I love that you mentioned that because it's true. Like people like change seasons, change day to day things and life, real life happens. And, and if, and, and if you have this like online brand or personality online and, and you're trying to like maintain that so that it, um, but it's not really real and to to what your life is like it, it doesn't make sense to just like keep putting this up as what is online so that to remain that brand but if it you know real life happens and, and when there are moments to really speak on um, real life or to show that that real part um, to to the audience like it's it helps it makes them connect too and you don't have to like like keep up with this like brand you know um persona or brand personality that they only saw you as before um but so that they could see you as who you are today it's it's very interesting yes yes and I think you know that authentic sharing of yourself 
And then if you're fearful, if, if people find themselves, well, I'm fearful if I, if I, you know, go ahead and pay attention to my actual family. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and if I like, if they're afraid, oh, I don't know if I have more kids, then I might lose this audience. And I want to let them know I've been there and I've felt that. And now um, I can assure you that if you've had that genuine connection with the audience, they will not forget you because, you wow. know, you, YouTube numbers would have told me, oh, these people forgot about me. But then I went on I went on tour and I was like, whoa, th- this is a real connection over. People will say, I've watched you from the beginning. And then and then for them to come out to my shows. Come on. I mean, how many years later I started going on tour and then to think, how can I have these sold out shows? It's because that connection was so real. They did not forget, even through those valleys or those times of not posting, um, not being able to post, you know. Um, so so I will assure you, don't give up everything for your online persona because it's your real life persona that they're connecting with. So don't neglect that. Oh my gosh, that is like the most golden tip ever. Like this really, like, it just really is so awesome to hear from such an OG person who has been doing this because this is, this is a type of advice that you, like, you can't just like get and hear from someone like this is like OG advice. And it's so appreciated to hear that from you, Christine. And I, and it's, and I love that it, cause it's so true. Like, what you mentioned about genuine audience and genuine connection, like that is what lasts and that is kind of what grows over time. And, and when, um, and, and it's like, even if numbers kind of show, well, maybe they forgot about me and you're like looking at that and what that is, but like overall, like the, like the greater picture of this all, it's like, no, like they remember you cause they remember that connection and they, and they know you of that, or like there, there was that relationship that was built. That's like not forgotten. So that's just like, I love that. It's so good. Yes. And then also, you know, like I told told you before about the different tools. So what TikTok mm-hmm. and, and Instagram Reels taught me is that, okay, so the algorithm will sometimes put, I mean, in, for example, Instagram Reels are so much more prioritized and shown to the audience or to and to new eyeballs than regular posts. So let's say someone's working their butt off trying to get regular like like IGTV posts or just regular posts on their Instagram and they're not getting much interaction. But then, boom, they put a reel up that's only 30 seconds max and then they get way more exposure on that. So. Um, again, don't look at the numbers and go, Oh, nobody cares about what I do. Well, what about, (laughs) it's just the actual, um, avenue, what you're using and what that algorithm is going to favor. And so yeah, it taught me, Oh, okay. It's just that people aren't seeing it. You're not getting the exposure. That's all. It doesn't mean people don't care about it. So just keep trying the different avenues and see, and see what, what is going to be the algorithm that favors, you know, the best. So you get, get the best bang for your work. You know, you put this work in, you don't want to just put it on as a regular Instagram post. You want to make it as a reel, or let's say you made a video and it, it was 40 seconds long. Can you make it 30 seconds? So it can be on reels instead of as a regular post, because I'll tell you more eyeballs are going to see it. So I don't have tons of time to be sitting there, um, um, making video after video day after day. So I'm sitting there saying, I need the biggest bang for for this effort put into this. So if I can, I'm going to use the tools that are out there to the best, um, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, yeah, to have the best kind of exposure uh, for it. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. No, it's so true because it's like different ways would pertain to like each platform because it, it's it's an um its own tool within itself. So it's just like using that platform to really maximize the advantage that you can have with that one post and how you can make use of that of that um post and 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 um and I love that it it really is like um, not the number part of it, but the quality of that content at the end of the day. Cause that one person, three person who sees it and connects, it's like, that's like, that's like real quality, like right there. Um, but it, it's so true to really like find ways in, in where you can, in each platform to find ways that you can use that tool of that platform and ways to maximize the reach of that content so that it, it could work. Um, so I, I love that. Oh my goodness. Like, 
Christine is, oh my gosh, like you are just an OG. And, and it's like, the more you talk, I'm like, wow, like, I'm just like, this is just this real life. This is just coming from someone experienced and, and like, like did it before. Like, this is so, this is awesome. <laughs> oh my goodness. And like, <laughs> oh, like what's, what's next for you? Like what's going on in like your life? What's going on for happy slave? What's going, what's, what's next? Well, uh, before 2020, I mean, there I was on, um, you know, gearing up to keep that tour going because I had 20 cities and um, just overwhelmed by the support for the show that I was looking forward to 2020. Let me tell you. And on New Year's Day, jumping up and down, 2020, yeah, 20. And um, <laughs> and then, oops, okay, everything halted to a stop as far as the tour goes, but. Um, you know, discovering the, these tools that are favoring short, um, kind of short form content. Um, and because again of my phase of life, cause some, some people might be like, why don't you post to YouTube anymore? And it might, my, um, thought is that again, it's like, will 30 second videos work on YouTube? Well, not, uh, their regular platform, but apparently they're also coming out with YouTube shorts, which is like a, their, um, version of TikTok, And so they're going to allow for short form content to be displayed how people are used to from, you know, reels, um, on Instagram or TikTok. So I'm like, okay. So the, the way I'm going to keep in contact is just with the audience is to still try to do the, you know, those short, relatable moments when I can, um, online, but definitely as things begin to get safe out there and crowds can, when they finally can get together, I would love to continue having mm -hmm. shows. Toronto was one of the ones I wanted to stop oh, in. Yeah. One of those, yeah. Uh, Toronto <laughs> was going to be put on the list, but everything got halted. But so yeah, other mm -hmm. than that, um, just trying to juggle, like I said, that work-life balance, trying to homeschool four kids and do the content at the same time. Um, I'm in that process of, of trying to refine that schedule to be, to benefit everybody. Um, yeah, so, so that's where it is. Oh, I'm trying to think other, other than that, um, you know, everybody having to adjust to a new normal for 2020. So, um, I even know. if I, yeah, so even <laughs> if I don't get to, I don't know when that day will be that I can have more shows, but that's what I look forward to because I found that, uh, although mm -hmm. I love making videos live audiences is is the best because you see yeah. the true real life and real time connection that I have been talking about this whole podcast yeah. yes yeah oh, I, oh, I love that no it's it's awesome that it's it's so great of where you are now and it's like down the road like when um when things are open up again you can have that real life audience connection again and it's just a matter of just waiting for that you know, time to just pass, but it's great that you're enjoying and being able to, you know, do what you can like right now. Um, even if it's not like completely like full force, like where that hustle was, like, um, could have been like if, if this pandemic didn't happen, but it's great that you're still, you know, still doing stuff now and, and just enjoying what it is for now. So it's awesome. Yes. I would encourage anybody don't, don't, um, cap yourself as far as I thought I was never going to do stand-up comedy. Somebody asked me that in my first vlog back in 2006, like, do you see yourself doing stand-up comedy? And I, in my head, I didn't see myself as part of that world because I thought I wouldn't fit in it. I thought, well, what are they going to do with me? Like, I, I'm not going to show up to some open mic and be like, Hey, want to, want to see me impersonate my family and uh, tell you stories about my, my Filipino family. Like I, I, I thought that that, what I thought, no, I just do internet, you know, uh, comedy videos. That's, that's it. But, um, who would have known that this is actually what I love to do the best. And, and then I had, it, it goes back to my roots that I would storytell and do this for the family live before I would make, um, skits for them on like uh, edited skits. And, and I used to stand in front of everyone and they would ask me to do imitation on demand or oh, imitate your auntie, your mom, your dad, your sister, your, you know, and so um, that was their stand-up entertainment. But I didn't know that's what that was. I mean, I'm like eight, nine years old, 10 years old, not knowing that, that I was actually performing stand-up. So to go all the way back to the roots, um, that's why I want to encourage people, don't 
don't say to yourself, no, I would never do that kind of activity that like that. That seems scary. I, I, I wouldn't be able to do that. But then you realize, no, you know, don't limit yourself because what if that ends up being the activity you love the most? <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Oh, so good. And I, and, and just before I asked you, like, where can people find you? Like, I just wanted to go back to what you said about how the roots of, of you loving to entertain and, and to have that, um, like comedy, like stand up comedy, like, even though it was translated online and that was put through that platform and showcasing that stand up portion online, like it doesn't mean, like you mentioned that that part of it never goes away. And, 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 you know, from the future until now, like you can always to have that because that's what you love to do and if it means to like do it in like a live audience this time or like whatever whatever comes and whatever the future has like it that still remains because that's truly what you love to do so that's that's awesome that's awesome to hear yes and 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 encouraging people that it will take risks like very uncomfortable and scary risks because I was like this is what Mm -hmm. I really would love to do go on stage and have a show and I've been wanting to do that once I realized I could do it back in 2000 I want to say 2008 or Mm 9 is when I when I went on stage to actually do live comedy and I thought wow oh okay this is what I used to do as a kid oh okay okay but um what I'm telling people is that when I finally went on tour for it I thought that and when I finally went on tour with it I thought that um oh what if you know it's been so many years since I've been able to be consistent with videos what if nobody shows up you know and it was scary and it's like what if I put down three thousand dollars to rent this theater and 10 people show up and I just lost all this you know I didn't I don't have three thousand dollars to just toss around you know and um but the the risk that I took and kind of like all right based on what I saw um, people, I had to speak at this event on, at UC Davis and the people that came out, I saw the quality of connection. That's what reignited this kind of confidence to say, Hey, you know what? I think I can, after all these years, still have a comedy tour. So that, so those first shows I had, I ran them. I, you have to do, you have to create it your own. I want to tell people do it on your own. Don't wait for somebody to hand you the opportunity. I went and, um, went out on a limb and you know, put down that $3,000 and it was a sold out show. Um, mm-hmm. And then the improv contacted me and said, how would you like to headline at our clubs? I mean, mm-hmm. you, it's That's like, awesome. okay, uh, don't go the typical route, carve your own route. Yeah. That's what the mm-hmm. tools we have available to our disposal is to carve your own route, speak to your own unique audience and create your own shows the way you want to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So good. This is, yeah, like not following that industry standard of doing this and this, but it's to really carve out from what you love to do and and just making those steps so that it could happen to be that way. So I was just going to add to that side, a side door, always find a side door. Like if someone told me you need to uh, go and do open mics at random clubs in front of random people, that that's not me. You know, why would I do that? Because I'm going to call out to the people that are already my audience and say, Hey, I'm going to have a show. And that, and that is what would sell out those shows. Why would I go do it the the normal way? Or like you said, the industry standard of what people are telling me I have to do. It's like, no, you know what? I think I'll just do what I do, have my own unique voice. People that are attracted to it can be attracted to it, whatever. And then I speak specifically to them. I'll play to them. So that's how I kind of made that side door into the improvs. And so, um, and then, yeah, and just renting out my own theaters, you could do, you don't have to wait for the improvs or somebody to, to hand it to you. Go, go just seize it yourself, you know, make a way for yourself. But anyway, people can find me, um, the central place you can find everything is happyslip.com. Um, um, I'm more active and engaged on, um, Instagram out of all the, the social medias, um, and, um, yeah, TikTok, I just started in December. So, I mean, and then all of a sudden YouTube says we're coming out with shorts. So I was like, oh, okay, well then you'll probably see me back on YouTube. But if anything, all you have to do is just type happy slip one word into the, um, into the, your search engine and you're going to see any, you know, all my stuff pop up mm-hmm. there. Oh, so good. And Oh my goodness, it was such a pleasure to have you. And and one more note of what you said before, like it's so interesting, like instead of waiting for someone to like 
give you like a headline like rent out your own theater so that it could like so that your audience can have a place to hear you like that is such a that's like golden like um advice right there because it's like it's like why would you go where everyone else is going and waiting for when you can make that make that happen for your audience and, and your brand and business like in that other way like in that other way like even though it's not what everyone is so used to going about but that route is how you like that that route works for you and your brand and it, and it works so it's like obviously it's gonna work like I, yes because it's so good. when i initially tried i didn't know how to go about this tour that i wanted to do that was so nebulous in my head is like i want to go on tour okay how do i do that oh let me call the improv see if i can uh see if i yeah. can just rent out their theaters or you know and they, they initially emailed me when they knew nothing about my live show they were, they were like oh we know we know of the name happy slip can you tell us more of your live show because for them they don't know if i'm going to be able to sell out or if i'm going to be able to just fill 10 seats or what so i i let them know but i didn't hear for them from them for months so i said you know what i'm not waiting for them i'm gonna go ahead and rent my own theater take that risk um you know and, and of course listen to your audience if it looks like and and that's how i knew from that first event i was invited to i was like oh okay you feel the pulse of where your audience is so i took that risk and when it sold out, that's when the improv started mm -hmm. coming to me, you know, and, and asking, do you want a headline? Do you want a headline? Mm -hmm. out of and I could make the show whatever I wanted to. So <laughs> pick my own opener. Mm -hmm. and oh, most of the time, yeah, so I pick my own yeah. opener or some of the shows where RJ, my opener, couldn't um, make it. A random Ridge, if anyone knows it very funny mm -hmm. um then i would do an entire 90s minute set by myself and it was so much fun so yeah. you know people would say what you know why are you doing that and it's not been done before why don't you do, you know and it's like oh well you know go ahead mm -hmm. it hasn't been done before so you trailblaze it <laughs> exactly you do it have if it hasn't been done before if it has done before like the fact that you're adding yourself and your uniqueness to it like it that means that it's never been done before because it's that way and the way you're doing it is what makes it so unique so my goodness oh my gosh it was such a pleasure to have you i wish this combo can go on and on and on but my goodness i just i'm already so grateful for you to have to have to listen to your advice and to share your advice to help other people and and your advice was solid. It was golden. Oh my goodness. It really paved true to your experience and Thank what you know. So, so. Thank you, Peggy, for having me on your show, your podcast. <laughs> Yes, thank you again. And we're going to go sign off. Bye. Bye, thank everyone. You. Oh, you stuck to the end. Hi. Um, if you love this episode, definitely rate this podcast on Apple or follow it on Spotify. Keep up with this podcast. And thank you so much for being here. I'll chat with you later. Bye.